closer and shifts across. You're looking for right to get some support. Pineda. Tesho runs him down. Chance opening for Orlando. Here's Pinchy Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, where we're going to talk about Orlando City, Orlando Pride, and college soccer. Hey, get excited. One of the teams won, one of the teams lost, and uh, college. They, they haven't quite started yet, but one of the teams did. We'll get to that. 69, dudes! And with that, uh, welcome in Brad Newton, and hello there. back after a little bit of break. Kyle Foley. I just want to note that I have opted out for religious reasons from watching Orlando City up until recently. I took a break. I had to to make sure that it was FDA approved. And now that watching Orlando City is FDA approved, I'm still not going to because I, I don't believe that it's healthy for me or my children. I think that it's the government forcing us to do things that we don't want. And um, the election was rigged. No politics. No I politics. Will. Uh, are I'm you just saying, saying I'm, I'm saying the MLS All Stars? Yes, I'm saying the MLS All Stars were rigged, and uh, that uh, Joe Biden should be on the team. And with that, oh my welcome, God! Welcome in. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know that, Kyle Foley, Brad Newton, and I'm Austin David. There we go. We're good with the intros. Now let's get into the content which has already kind of started. Hey, Orlando City, big winners over the Chicago Fire. And by big, I mean one nothing. But <laughs> uh, big in, big the, big in big the terms of, you result? know. Result? Getting, getting yes. points after a while? Yes. Get, getting. <laughs> hey, listen. Mason Stadahar is hey. undefeated as a professional in MLS. This is true. You don't count that League's Cup game. That doesn't count. League's Cup is is just a, a joke of a tournament, obviously. Hey guys, um, what this is this is my favorite part of the show when uh, we we talk about the result of a game. <clears throat> uh, what was the XG for Orlando City and what was the XG for the Chicago Fire? Uh, okay, I'm gonna have to take a guess because I haven't looked at it yet. I'm assuming both of them are under one. No, you'd be wrong. Really? Uh, according to Foot Mob, Chicago Fire, 1.27. Yeah, actually, that, no, that that would make sense. Orlando, um, Orlando, you want to venture a guess as to Orlando Cities? Uh, 0.3. Kyle? I am terrible at this, so I'm going to go with 4. 0.81. That's surprisingly uh, higher than I thought it was. Uh, well, I mean, the, the Benji Michelle goal was a 0.03. <laughs> yeah, well, it was because so, of a turnover. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't yeah. created through offense. It was just like Pineda, the center back, gave the ball away after Tesho pressured him, and then wanna, Benji was in you on. You want to venture a guess as to which one had the highest? What opportunity had the highest xG? Uh, for Orlando or for the game for, in general? For for Orlando. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, so in the 11th minute, uh, Tesho's header had a point three three. Yeah. Yep. That one that went well wide of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, Somebody had a shot that was straight at Bobby Shuttleworth. Uh, was that Chris uh, Cash when he had one that went straight at him? Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. Um, the highest... XG of the uh, opportunity of the match uh, was Chicago's Ivanov, who on his left foot, it was 0.36 in the 33rd mm. minute. Um, oh, yeah. Mason had that good save. Yeah. I think. Had, that, had a yeah. pretty decent save in the first half. It was there. like straight at him. Yeah. But I mean, still, I mean, had a over a third of a, you know, over a third of a percent chance to go in. So that, 
Yeah, that's that's something. <laughs> so there's something. Um, yeah, neither team really did much in that game. Um, no, Chicago, I mean, listen. Chicago did a good Chicago. job of cyclical fouling either <laughs> Urso or Vanderwater like throughout the match. So that was about the best thing they did all game. Yeah, and all things considered, um, Chicago heading into their trip to Florida had been on a decent run. Uh, they were unbeaten in their last four, and then they lost to Miami on a 90th minute goal, and then lost to Orlando City one nothing. Yeah, so Chicago, not a gr- not a great trip to the Sunshine State for them. I mean, Chicago outshot Orlando City. They had more shots on target. Um, they had mm-hmm. more blocked shots. Um, yeah, had... Orlando City's defense did well. Yeah, I, you know, we talk about Antonio Carlos, who made Team of the Week. Um, oh. Probably should have gotten a nod for. MLS all-star um he's not a flashy defender necessarily so that's probably why he doesn't get a lot of attention but he's solid and he's helped Orlando do well defensively this season I mean like statistically where do you where do you think Orlando City stands in terms of team goals allowed I I would assume towards the top of the league if not at the top yeah that's that's the issue with Orlando City all season has has not even remotely been defensively. It's been being able to produce and score goals. This is true. Um, so I they're they're true. basically yeah. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so they're right in the middle of the pack. Basically, they're they're closer to the top than the bottom. Um, they're eleventh right now in terms of goals allowed at twenty four. Seattle is the best team at seventeen. I'm gonna guess. What's the NYC? worst team? Oh no, worst team. Uh, what would you say is the worst team? Probably Miami. No, yeah. Miami is actually Cincinnati. not. Yeah, Cincinnati is not either. They're third worst. It's right. a team. Two the the bottom two teams are teams. One of them at least you wouldn't expect. Is it the Spanish Inquisition? No, but a good guess. Hmm. You're going to have to tell worst us. Worst team. Uh, okay, give me okay, a second. Okay. Give me a second here. If I this mean, was 2015, it'd be Philadelphia. Well, <laughs> there is there is one team that, that leaps to mind. Go um, for it. Toronto? Toronto, worst team in the league in terms of goals allowed at 44. Yeah, okay, so there's... So that's where Orlando City is like very, very close to being in the top. What is it? A seven goal difference? Twenty. Uh, oh, oh, I meant no. between them and Toronto. Oh yeah, no. between, oh, between no between Orlando Seattle. Yeah, it's a seven goal difference. And it's a it's a twenty goal difference between Orlando and Toronto. Toronto. Yes. Toronto. So I would that's where I would definitely stick with my even though again statistically yeah being eleven tight. Is, yeah, yeah, it's much tighter at the top. This mm-hmm. is yes. on the bottom. It, that is yes. Though the second worst team in the league in terms of goals allowed is very surprising. It's Portland. Thirty nine oh. goals allowed in twenty games played. Yeah, would not have. Uh, I mean, I mean the interesting thing about Portland is they're not even a playoff. No, team they're right really now. bad. They're so. actually like really bad right now. They've they've lost. For, I mean, for Portland, they're bad. They're like, one and seven on the road. Okay, uh, yeah, that's bad. I would say that's bad. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that means they're really good. Nope, at they're home. six three and one. That's pretty good. And Orlando City is what at home? Six one and three. Uh huh. Yeah, but that's it, only one loss at home, three draws. Yeah, yeah but six three and one is still respectable. I would yeah. I would say. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, when you look like who's the best team in the league at home, it's New England, right? They're nine one yeah. and one. I mean, Portland's a, uh, a okay. hard place to play. That's pretty. That's a pretty good team. I mean, the best team in the West is Seattle, seven four and one yeah. at home. Okay, that's. I mean, all things considered, that's that's not no. bad. Uh, Austin FC just beat Portland three to one. The most recent game out. Okay, well, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Seattle, funny enough, uh, they also beat Portland um, <laughs> by not a slim margin whatsoever. Uh, that final score was 6-2. to two. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like they've they've lo- well, a lot of the uh, games that they've lost have been like big margins. So we don't like we don't really no, devote a lot of time on no, the no, show no. to the Western Conference. No, but no, like no. I'm looking at the their table right now, and it is fascinating. It is. Like Colorado is in third place. Okay, so here's the crazy uh, LAFC thing. LAFC are not a playoff team. Austin FC has beaten Portland twice by more than three goals. Hmm. That's wild. All right, we're spending too much time on the Western Conference. It is it is kind of fun because it's more interesting. East Coast, yeah, East Coast liberal media biases <laughs> uh, about the show. Yeah, when I was leaving Starbucks this morning after purchasing my avocado toast, I decided to. <laughs> I've heard I I went into I went into a trendy uh soccer shop a trendy coffee store slash soccer shop and many people were talking about the great job that uh Diego Valeri is doing in Portland I believe this many people I believe many people in Portland that's a deep cut that's a deep cut of a guy who's getting sued for five million dollars by the FCC (laughs) uh right so Orlando City guys how, oh right! How that, about those guys? <laughs> right. We uh, talk about currently, them on occasion. currently second in the Eastern Conference, though they're that very can, injured, very injured, and that could obviously very easily change because they're only two points ahead of Philly, Nashville, three points ahead of New York, four points ahead, uh, actually six points ahead of Montreal, and seven points ahead of DC United, who are tied with Atlanta for the seventh spot. Hmm. I mean, that said, I mean, they have a game on, they have a game in hand on Philadelphia and Montreal and DC have also played 21 games. Uh, The one team that I'm really most concerned about in the East is NYCFC. Yeah. um, It's weird that they are fifth right now, um, considering that they had like an explosion of offense. They've only played 19 games. Yeah. So they've they've got uh, three games in hand on New England. So there's that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know who's catching New England right now. To be completely honest, I don't think. I mean, I don't think anyone is. But I mean, they they have the same amount of wins as Orlando. Like NYCFC has the same amount of wins as Orlando City. Um, they have two more losses though, so I mean, that's not great for them. Yeah, I honestly, I think the only way New England gets caught is by the feds in a massage parlor. Well, well, here's the thing. Uh, Tejon Buchanan, mm-hmm. one of their star players, was just sold to uh, Europe. So he's gone. Um, the old Europe FC. <laughs> yes, the old Europe FC. No, it's Club it's Bruges. The, I was to say, had the club actually been confirmed yet? Because I know we yeah no um, tweet about it. Club Bruges actually did tweet welcome like Tejon Buchanan, and oh, they posted perfect. his they posted his uh, FIFA card behind him, and it's a sixty four, and I'm like, that's kind of insulting. Yeah, that's not great. All right, wh- at least wait until twenty. Like, at least wait until twenty-two. Who, who is that then. more insulting to, though, them or him? Uh, poor Kalo Nostos. I mean, him, like, probably. like, like, I get him, but also, like, is that not more insulting to them of being proud of signing a guy with that low of a FIFA rating, which we all know also, is also the is clear it, determination of whether like, you're a good soccer player or not. I know, but like, they, so, I mean, they, just, they went just, out of the. They're just tweeting his base silver card. Is that it? No, it's, even, it's bronze. Like he's a oh. silver now, but they tweeted out his bronze card from like last year. Well, see, that's oh, that's, that's like that funny. that's like that thing when you go to England, suddenly your your value goes up like ten million dollars. So you can suddenly go to Europe and you go from bronze to silver. Is that it? Well, no, he's silver now in the twenty one. So he actually so they actually downgraded him. Yeah. Amazing. Oh. Wow. That is amazing. At least I'm pretty sure that he's silver now now austin's got to look yeah austin's got to look it up i i don't want to no he's 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 bronze he's still a 64 see i was gonna say austin is our fifa ultimate team expert i only like just got into ultimate team like as this game was ending and suddenly like my yeah my team is at like a 90 now with 85 (laughs) uh chemistry and i'm like oh this is great i'm doing great now yeah i got super addicted now and i will absolutely win 22 drops i will be playing virtually nonstop now because i'm like <laughs> i'm like oh you can actually you don't have to pay to win you can just play yeah, a shit ton of squad battles this, yeah. yeah the team building stuff in squad battles is pretty much how i did it i, I haven't spent a dollar on it yep 
and I plus the game because it was on Game Pass. Yeah, Twitch gives you free uh, packs as well, so it's yeah, like those are nice. I've gotten nothing but duplicates out of them, and it sucks. That's a shame. It I, just means I, I got to do more squad build, squad building stuff. Right. Uh, where were we again? Tejon Buchanan. Right. Uh, yeah, so some, he's like he's that. he's gone. Be kind of interesting to see who steps up for them in the future. But uh, when it comes to Orlando City, the big thing right now is Miami, which is going to be played tomorrow. And Miami's actually doing kind of good now. Like they they've had a bit of a resurgence, and it's been a strange thing to watch is watching them get better. I watched their game uh, last week because I. I think Brad also like listens to the the Dan Lebertard show, and one of their guys was doing um, the play by play on there. So I was like, oh, I'll 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 try to find a stream for that, and watch that just for that. And then I was like, oh, like they're kind of good. Yeah, and they're going up against they, an Orlando City team that yeah. has been uh, injured quite a bit, and they're still missing a number of players. I mean, they were they were playing. Let's. Let's not. Uh, they, they, the last two matches, the, the last week was against uh, Toronto FC, and then the match before that uh, was against Chicago, which, um, sure. I and then NYC. It... I plan to struggle against Chicago, just saying. Right, but the, but I mean. Uh, sure. I get your point. I get your point. They've been good, but what have they been good against? I, that's a fair point. The, I think... the, the, what, and the match before that, where they played NYCFC, they lost 2 0. So that's, I mean. Again, if yeah. there's a team that I'm most concerned about in the East, it's NYCFC right now. Oh, absolutely. If yeah, I'm not concerned about Miami in any way. I no. just they they are better now than they were before. They are also yeah. healthy, which is kind of important to note. That's fair. That's overrated in, in sports. Who needs to be healthy? Overrated in life, honestly. Yes. Um just So Here's the thing. In their last game against Toronto, they won 3-1. Uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, who's currently at the All-Star game, uh, scored twice. Robbie Robinson, who I believe is getting called up to Chile, weirdly enough, uh, scored once. And then, um, well, here's the thing. Uh, Toronto didn't actually score a goal. Brad, you'll love this. Guess who scored the goal for Toronto? Mm. It's not Don Dwyer. No, it's Kieran Gibbs. He scored an own goal. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. That will happen. Yeah. Does that count as like a an actual goal for him though? Nah. It, it's it's a negative yeah. goal. If you I I believe if you score an own goal, it becomes a negative on your statistics. So if you so don't that score, he's, he's, he, scored zero, he scored <laughs> he zero. He scored zero. He scored, he scored an Miami own now. goal and then was subbed off five minutes later. <laughs> Sounds about right. Good old so, Kieran Gibbs. That's that's how that that's how his day went. Well, anyways, uh, Miami right now maybe without Pizarro, maybe without Robinson because of uh, call ups, and and Pizarro is still at the All Star game. Uh, he'll probably like fly back in to um, into town, but I don't know how much he would play just because you know he played the night before. If he played, we're recording this before the All Star game, so who knows how that actually went? Um, well, yeah. Go MLS. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, sure. Go MLS. But as of right now, uh, Daryl DK, according to Oscar Pereja, who we talked to yesterday, uh, he is training. He is out there. Oscar said that it was great to see him out there and was very excited to see. Uh, he said it's refreshing uh, when you see them back, and he's referring to DK and Mauricio Pereira. Uh-huh. So very excited. Um, he said that Nani and Pedro Galese will be back tomorrow, being today, uh, when he talked about it yesterday. Uh, so there's a potential of them being able to play. I would highly doubt it just simply because they've both been carrying Knox and there's no reason to push them out there a day after traveling. No. Nani may be on the bench for insurance purposes as in like, hey, if we need you, you're there. 
but I doubt he plays. And then maybe Daryl DK, you know, shows up on the bench too. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I don't know if DK probably shows up on the bench. I probably think they probably give him another week. Like I I'd be less surprised to see him show up for the match against Columbus. Yeah. Thing is, like Columbus is a week away as well. I think you start yeah. seeing more people playing that Columbus game. To be completely honest, yeah, and and especially, I mean, especially against uh, Miami. I mean, I don't, I don't. This is probably another rotational squad that you're gonna see. So, so you know, it's interesting that you mentioned like the the rotational squad, and and I asked Oscar about the the last games of the season because there's. As of right now, there's 14 games left in the season. Mm-hmm. Eight of them are against teams above the playoff line. Yeah, and that's why I don't think that they're going to be rushing to have people come back yet. I mean, especially no. just just looking at it. I mean, so here's what Oscar said because I asked him about the importance of getting points against teams that are lower than the Eastern Conference playoff line. Uh, and especially considering that the schedule coming up is going to be very tough. And you may be right. You know, there there are some uh, uh, big challenges that are coming with players that uh, with teams that are in the top of the conference and uh, teams that are fighting uh, maybe for the biggest prize in the league. And and those challenges are in front of us. You know? So we we're aware of that. Uh, even though we have to just keep fighting the way we did it from the first time, uh, trying to get points, trying to win every single game that we can uh, without being too anxious about what has just happened or what is coming. Uh, so I say to you guys and I say to the players all the time, is just be present in the moment. It's trying to get the three points against Miami is our priority. And then we'll see what happened against Columbus and then on and on but uh but the way you see it obviously is uh it's a good way to see it it's uh important just to visualize that are not easy challenges what they're come but but we'll, we'll be prepared yeah i mean even you look at the rest of their schedule there there's two matches columbus and atlanta they're not currently playoff teams but they're they're definitely play like playoff teams uh, atlanta has as many points as dc united so they could be uh, considered a playoff team. And then Columbus is only three points behind the, those two guys. So the rest of the year games, pretty much from here out, except FC Cincinnati, you're playing against teams that are likely going to be competing for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it, it that, so it, the road doesn't get any easier going forward. And really that's where you sort of have to manage your players and rotating them in. And if this means – giving guys a week to rest before you know it really starts to get tough then that's probably the smart play well you know who's the player that probably needs the most rest right now outside mm-hmm. of nani uh, marisa Pereira. oh he got a rest last week tesho tesho's been no. playing well, basically yeah. like every single game at striker because they have nobody else yeah i mean that's true um, you've you've had a guy pretty much rest the whole season, who was a striker. Yeah, probably isn't going to play. Speaking of uh, Daryl DK, um, there was a report that came out. <laughs> Not who I was talking about for sure. Who were you talking about? Pato. Pato. Right? Oh, yes. I. You know, I you forgot, forgot about him. I forgot about him. <laughs> He's That's easy so to do. It's really easy yeah. to do. He's very easily forgettable because he's played a total of 80 minutes in Orlando City's yeah. tenure this year. But speaking of Pato. I, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, go no, go no. back with the DK story. <laughs> Don't just skip the Pato one altogether. Well, but just Pato was training individually on the side this morning uh, alongside Sebas Mendez and Andres Perea. That's all I'm saying about that. Now back to Daryl DK. There was a rumor from England that apparently Leeds United is interested in him and bringing him in on loan. So yet another loan for Daryl, but this time with Leeds. I was say my assumption would be if he goes on loan to a Premier League club, that is a permanent goodbye. 
Yeah, and they've already gotten a former MLS player in their team. What is it, Jack Harrison? It is Jack so, Harrison, yeah. That's what I thought. And he's starting for them. Yeah, I think I think the only thing that would stop that from being a permanent move if he went to a place like Leeds or what was the other one mentioned? Newcastle? Was that what uh, it was? West Brom. West Brom. West Brom. West Brom. Yep. The only thing that holds West Brom a move, championship side. Right. The only thing that would hold either one of those moves back from being permanent is if Leeds got relegated or West Brom did not get promoted. I think that was the only reason he didn't move over now. Like, I mm. think he would have had had they gotten promoted, had Barnsley been promoted, I think he would have moved because they would have been able to afford it. He they yes. didn't, so they couldn't. Right. So I, I think it's going to be a very similar, not that that's like a hot take or anything, whatever, but I think wherever he goes, it's not going to be a question of whether or not he can perform. It's going to be a, a question or not of whether the club has the finances to do it. Yeah. So I yeah. would assume a move to somewhere like Leeds, especially Leeds, which I think there's no chance that Leeds get relegated. Mm. I think that's Wasn't a place it? that. And and I'm I'm just thinking he's I mean he's not he hasn't been playing because this has been the plan like him transferring going someplace but he's been legitimately hurt and wasn't it Richie Larea who like drove his shoulder into the ground wasn't that who he got hurt by mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's fun I definitely don't think he's not playing because he's planning on going somewhere I think he wants no, to play it, here he's fine with yeah. that but obviously and you're the, not going to turn down the, the chance to go to the Premier League or even the championship like it those are both more I could argue MLS is getting close to being to the same level as the championship, both in terms of play on the field and just the overall marketability. But, like, the chance to go to a league like the Premier League, even if you're only going to be a backup option, like, you take that no matter who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, even if you're even if you're getting into, like, a uh, uh, Almiron situation where you're going to, like, a club that is – on the borderline every year that's that's definitely a step up from mls so i also think and we we've kind of talked about this a little bit before but the way he's approached and the club have approached this situation versus the last time we had a striker that wanted to go to europe um and again we've talked about this on the show the club did not treat kyle laren like that was not like oh kyle laren was an asshole and the club was benevolent and so kind and everything was great like that was messy for so many different reasons but both of those sides in that were very messy. I think the way it's been handled yeah. right now is like, no, he's here. And while he's here, he is. I mean, I know he's been hurt, but like when he came back, like he was playing, it wasn't, no, I'm just going to come back to sit until you sell me somewhere. Like he, he has handled it so far extremely professionally and done a really great job. And I think that he absolutely deserves to go anywhere. And it's somewhere like when Kyle got shipped off to, turkey like nobody was paying attention to him and nobody really cared how he did i think when when dk Whoa. goes over no matter where he goes also it helps that he plays for the u.s men's national team and has the potential to be the lead striker there but i think no matter where he goes like all of us on the show but a lot of orlando fans in general are going to want to see him do well and are going to want to watch him and, and yeah. have him do well he's I someone mean, who w hey. whenever he leaves will will have left a positive taste in the mouth of orlando city fans yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, it, the I, narrative that that Orlando City spun with Kyle Laren made people not like him, but like I've still paid attention to how he's doing in Turkey and he's killing it. He's he was one of the leading goal scorers last year in all of Turkey. I it, I, I it, don't. There's, it's there's not a, entirely the way Orlando City spun it, although it was that was a big part of it. It was also like he was doing like he had the DUI, like he had, like there was shit going on yes. off the field that wasn't it just. Didn't, it didn't help that Orlando City brought in Dom Dwyer around the same time too. Yeah, like his, no, his and that's dried up right. almost entirely once. Dom no, no, they back. were playing together. Right, but he was no longer seen as like the primary striker once Dom came back because you have you have, you have Dom back home. Like there was yeah. a whole big thing around him coming home. Then they brought in Sydney not not too long after that, and you know it was this whole big thing, and it kind of uh, sort of made options a bit easier for Kyle to figure out. I think mm -hmm, I think sure. his, I think he if once they brought in Dom, it was kind of like all right, well I'm not going to be the primary striker here. This is only going to handicap my development. So I don't I, I don't even know if it was that. I think he's he's always he always wanted to go to Europe. And this was I mean, just kind of his, the last. Like, th this was the last thing that said, "All right, 
I think my time is now. Yeah, his his decision got made for him is what I'm saying. Like it, mm. it only it only helped. It, yeah, I, I don't think the decision easier. was made for him. I think the decision was made with the assumption that he wouldn't be there and that they were preparing for his eventual move out. They didn't expect it to be as soon as it was, though. Right. Anyways, least, that's... It was not the worst instance of an Orlando athlete leaving the city for another city or country. Shout out Shaq and Dwight Howard. Ah, uh, Yes. I mean, Orlando Shaq's Shaq's one is a bit sadder. Shaq, Shaq, Shaq's also like is is more defendable. Yeah, Dwight Howard can go fuck himself. <laughs> you ruined Stan Van Gundy. Get the fuck out of here. Austin asked funny. me to bring he was the. Fun. Doesn't he was, matter. Nothing matters. No. Yeah, no, he was yeah, he no. was fun for that one season in Philly. That's all. He's, yeah, Austin asked me to bring the energy today, so my energy is. Uh, <laughs> he fucked he Dwight posted. Howard. He would post a lot of pictures of him eating frosties after the games, and that was cool. Like we all loved it. And then he went back to the Lakers. So, that's, yep. yeah. I hope they again lose. for the third time. Third time, he's going back to the Lakers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last thing I want to talk about for Orlando City's sake, Mason Stadhar. No, I also I love that he is proving that like. He is more than just a story of like of his whole cancer story, because that obviously is a big deal, and that whole experience is a big deal. But he has proven that he is more than that, and that he is actually a capable player. I think a lot of people were wondering, is he actually capable? Is he, or is this just a guy who's on the roster because he had cancer, and you don't get rid of a guy who has cancer? Which, like, that does happen. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that, but he has proven that, like, man. Not only is he a baller for continuing to do all this stuff while dealing with cancer, but then also when he gets a chance to to shine, has been really impressive. So if you are not on the the Mason bandwagon, I yeah, go fuck yourself. I mean, his first game was against Atlanta United, and outside of two worldies, like he played really well. Like the two goals Atlanta scored, there's no, there's nothing any keeper could have done about those. So I'm thoroughly convinced that he is a, a very capable MLS keeper um, that the you know you look at him and Benji like that's two players that you know the academy has brought up Oscar is only going to keep developing more young players and bringing more guys up I mean we're we're seeing it happen like it didn't take very long for the academy to develop guys who are capable of if not starting being able to play in matches like that that's completely different from the time that prior to him showing up in me. I mean, I know Mason's been here longer than Oscar Perea has, but again, this is, this is what the vision and what the desired outcome of this, this club is. Right. And the important thing to mention is Mason is only 23 years old. So he's still very young, especially in goalkeeping standards. Like you think about how long goalkeepers last as just a profession, you've got guys that are in their forties still playing. I mean, Buffon just retired. Who? Oh no, he didn't even retire. Yeah, he yeah Buffon's still now. playing. Buffon. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he retired, no, but he's no, he's currently forty-three years old and is still playing and does not. I don't think he's planning on retiring at least anytime soon. I know I read an interview with him where he's like, when he gets to the point where he can't physically play, he'll retire, but he can play. And playing in Syria, which is a good league to go play in. Like, Kilo Navas, 34. Um, but I also think that's yeah, indicative yeah. of, like, in general, athletes tend to last longer now than they used to. Kyle, by the way, Parma is set at B. Oh, they are? Yeah, they oh. got relegated last year. Iker Casillas only like just Iker Casillas only just retired at forty, and that, and that was, was also because of heart problems. Like, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I th- probably could have kept like yeah. I think I think a lot of it is just like athletes tend to last longer now, too. Like it's beyond. But also, obviously, oh, in yeah. goal, as goal a goalkeeper, is, right? You just you're diving. You have, right, you, you have that, to be able to. Yeah, you have to be able to physically do that. A lot that does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, it they does do, take a toll, but like they, you don't have to be as physically fit as somebody you don't running have to the be field fast. for 90 minutes. Yeah, you don't have to be fast. You don't have to be able to run around, although I guess Pirlo didn't have to be fast either. But You have to, you, you have to know how to cut and make 
reads based on angles right. and stuff like that. As it's, long as your reflexes haven't died down, you can continue to play physically yeah. until a much later age. Similar with like kickers in soccer or in, in football. Like it's not you're not any less of a player, you just have a different skill set. You don't have to have the same physical you know, speed or in the case of football, like a strength. But as long as you are able to continue to do your specialty, you can play for a, a bit longer. Yeah. The 100%. wear and tear on you is less. Well, like look at Ben Foster, who currently plays for Watford. He's 38 years old. He's been playing professionally since 2001. And he still plans to play for at least another three years. And he also wants to come over to the MLS and play. So that means that Miami is going to be signing Ben Foster in the next two years. Why would they sign him when Messi's clearly coming in two years? Because they need a goalkeeper. No, but why need you don't need a goalkeeper when you have Messi. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> they, I mean, they could lose five I mean, nothing. Tell me, tell me what an MLS club would would rather have right now: any goalkeeper in the world or Messi, and they would take Messi in a heartbeat. Yes, but. Ben Foster is but that's British, any club in the world. So, like that's not that's not saying anything, right? But know, also, that's my point. Here's, here's the thing: Ben Foster played for Man U, so he's got that connection with with Beckham and um, Neville. Yeah, that's assuming Getting, either of them are still actively still involved in the next couple of years. I think. Well, if I Messi, think listen, see, if Messi's coming, I think they'll they'll have at least one of them. I think. I mean, obviously, I think Beckham will last longer because he's like you know owning the team and shit, but I think he'll take more of a backseat role if Miami continue to not be very great. Turns out being a really great athlete doesn't make you really great at running an organization. Just ask Michael Jordan. Or Derek Jeter. Especially Derek well, Jeter. Yeah, especially Derek Jeter. But that's that's another story. That yeah. is another story. All right, well, we've talked enough about that's a Orlando That's a City. money laundering scheme. Yeah. Anyways, Orlando Pride time. You guys ready to talk about the Pride? I guess. Hey, listen. They were playing great up until this past game. Up until they weren't. Yeah. Uh, so. They did, at, for, for a brief moment, have the lead against the Washington Spirit. Yeah, which that's not saying much. No, it, it didn't last very long. Like, Marta's goal was spectacular. It was beautiful. Uh-huh. And then they subbed in Kylie Strom, who uh, she she had a bit of a nightmare. That was um, a day. That was a day for her. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. She uh she finished the game basically allowing she she uh, two minutes after Marcha scored, she she's in. Um the ball falls directly to Ashley Hatch, uh after Kylie Strom tries to deflect it and it it basically just instead of going far just drops in front of hatch in front of goal and uh ashen harris had called off from the looks of it called off kylie uh to not touch the ball because you could see that ashen was running towards it kylie steps in front of it and then ashen's out of position so the goal's wide open yeah if you had to guess uh what was uh strom's player rating from that match uh four point nine yeah four point nine Oh, I thought you meant like point yeah, nine. Point nine. No, I thought yeah, I no, thought no, you no, were no, like no. like four, zero four point nine. Okay, no, yeah. no, no, four point nine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. about right. It wasn't 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 that. I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't epically disastrously bad. Right. Um, I will say that she has not made friends with fans as of late. She's kind of had some pretty nightmarish plays. Um, yeah. and someone sent me the quote from when she was signed from general manager Ian Fleming. Kylie is a player who will give us an added threat down the left side of the pitch and help us push towards our goals both this year and beyond. Huh. Well, yeah. I also saw somebody post on Twitter saying Kylie Strom may be the worst signing by either the men's or women's club ever. Uh, that's a bit much. That that is a bit what, much. Let's say but what is this? These off are the of takes. One performance? No, this is off of like no, five. No, this is this is yeah. This it's not it's not off of one performance where she made a oopsie. It's it's been like a thing, but it's okay. not not like the worst performance. Like not the worst. Who would you say is the made. worst pr- signing that Orlando City or Pride have ever had? Um, of like a of Dom like Dwyer. A high... <laughs> 
No. No, I mean Dom... that genuinely. There were expectations with Dom that were not met. But there's no. There was like with with. Okay, not necessarily expectations. Just the worst player. Well, yeah, like, but that's like there's so many that were brought in that were shit. You have to look at what was given to get them, like what it cost to get them, and what the expectations were when they were brought in. It can't just be what acquisition ten ended up being the worst because there's some that never even played. Like we're gonna go worst signing. Let's go with Brian Roches. Like there's so many <laughs> options, but let's go with players that signed and were terrible playing wise. No John Dwyer immediately comes to no Torino had a bit of a resurgence late late in his tenure with Orlando City. I just think it's all relative to what the expectations were for yeah. them. I think I if mean, you bring in a guy to be depth, then you don't care if he doesn't perform super well or she doesn't perform super well if it's for the pride. You don't care if they perform well if they're just brought in to provide depth. But if, if they're, they're costing brought into, you goals, which no sure did, <laughs> but so you did. You could argue so the did. same thing about like David Mateos. <laughs> You could argue the same thing yeah, about like ninety sure, percent of the Orlando City teams over the last couple of years. <laughs> like yeah. that's the problem. It would start. Yeah, a, just, it would start a twenty or thirty minute d- discussion that I'm just not ready to have right now. Yeah, that's an episode in itself. Who was the worst player? Of the worst side? player. Orlando. I vote we do. I vote we do that while recording the Clawcast finale. We get it. We do a bracket. mix that with we, alcohol. Boy. Oh yeah. Oh, each each drink represents a different player. Uh, Jonathan Suarez. Oh yeah, that he didn't even play. He, I don't well, even know if you, you asked, can consider. You asked, you asked for the worst player that Orlando City have signed. Yeah, I don't even know if you can consider him. Like he, he didn't signed, even. He did. He just didn't. He, he was here less than a month. I can't think of a worse person than him. That is. Yeah, you're not wrong. Very, very accurate. Yeah. All right. Um, we were talking about the Orlando Pride game. Um, so we talked about the Ashley Hatch goal and then Ashley Sanchez, um, both of the goals for Washington came on the counterattack and which is great. Sanchez just wasn't closed down. She, she, I mean, the strike was nice. You beat Ashlyn Harris. You give credit where credit is due, but unfortunately it was on the counterattack. And I asked, um, Becky Burley after the game. Because I asked, you know, I, I mentioned to her both games goals goals go coming from uh, counterattacks. Like, you know, talk to me about that. And she said, um, for us, we've talked about transition. Uh, we talk about it in terms of next play speed. So if we have a turnover, there's a transition. Uh, what does it look like for us? And it's just like we want immediate recovery. And she said, I wasn't disappointed in the recovery. It was more just once we got there, we didn't put enough pressure on the ball. I'll say this. I mean, Orlando City had si- or well, the Orlando Pride had six ca- corners and just nothing came off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crazy fun. thing is, like, when you look at how many shots were taken as well from both teams, um, yeah, was, twenty yeah. to twelve. Yeah. And I asked Becky after the game, twenty shots for the Pride, like, or for against the Pride. She was surprised that. It was actually the number, like twenty was the number. Um, to be fair, like saying twenty shots surprises me a little bit. I mean, I think early in the game there was a couple of um, dangerous moments that they had for sure. But when you say twenty shots, I'm thinking where, like, how dangerous were those opportunities? And I felt like we were managing the game quite well. I'm not really much in worrying about shot count as much as like shot selection. And I think when Sanchez scored that second goal, we were just we were just too soft. I mean, you cannot give a player of her caliber that kind of time and space. But uh, yeah, again, with with Becky, she's very open about a lot, and that's what I've noticed just through her her conversations. Like you ask her a question, she will answer pretty honestly with you, even about injuries. Like we we ask constantly about Alex Morgan. She's like, yeah, she'll be here at this point, this time. This is her timeline. This is when she'll be back potentially, but we'll see. Which, yeah. speaking of, she's expected to go through some PT um, this week. So we will see how she ends up recovering. I mean, she was in a she was in a boot on the Today Show. So yeah, I mean, it could have just I, been precautionary. You never know. Yeah, but no. What 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 I'm saying is, when I saw her in that, I was like, oh, okay. Well, my expectations for her coming back soon have fell through the floor. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, probably the rain is probably the most likely. Very yeah, very potentially. Because um, it's really, I mean, there's they're not. Two... She's not playing against Gotham, and I don't think she's going to play against Houston or Houston. racing. So, so probably like the end of the month is September, and she'll yeah. have five games left to play. So either the rain or Chicago are probably yeah. your two most likely games where she comes back. Yep, and um, and again with the standings the way they are right now, in NWSL, you have North Carolina and Portland up top. And then from third to eighth, it's within four points. Yeah, I mean, I I will say I don't think the Pride are, I mean, of course the Pride are missing Alex Morgan. Like, that's, that's – it'd be a stupid thing to say that they're not, considering mm. that she's, you know, probably one of the best players in, in the U.S. Um, but, I mean, they do have the – they are. They do have Sydney LaRue, who is tied for the league leading goals. Mm-hmm. Um, they, pro- I'd say, probably the one player they're probably missing the most is probably Carson Pickett. Well, she's yeah, but she's the, not even. She's with the. She's yeah, she's with the courage now. I mean, she's she does lead the league in assists. So having a, a have, does she having she's a, she's yes. tied with Taylor Korniak and Marta with three. Carson Pickett has five assists. Well then, the uh, NWSL website is wrong. That's that's entirely likely. <laughs> because according um, to the NWSL website, um, Caprice Didasco, Taylor Korniak, Marta, Carson Pickett, Andy Sullivan all have three assists. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Naomi. Kawasumi has four, and Carson Pickett has five, according to Foot Mob. Mm. Huh. Well, I mean, like you would uh, you would assume that you go to the NWSL website for the stats. Like that's you'd that's assume the, that's the official statistic. Like you'd assume, yeah. but NWSL website has a history of uh, not being updated as thoroughly as it probably needs to be. Um, but true. Aside from that fact, yeah. Uh, either way, Carson Pickett having those assists, it it would be beneficial to Orlando City if she were still on the club. Yes. Um. So there's that. Yeah. To be fair, um, she wasn't playing the way she's playing now with the Pride. No, but we also have a new coach for the Pride. So this is true. This is very true. Um. So there's that. Um, <laughs> my my immediate thought is also um, the team's probably also missing. I'd say Pride Legend, uh, Caitlin Ford. Caitlin Ford, yeah, yep. Can't ever forget her. Uh, Jade Moore is also somebody that they're probably missing quite a bit in the defensive midfield. She has not played a single match this season. She's constantly, uh, from what we've been told, constantly recovering, um, but there's been no timeline because she kept, keeps getting setbacks. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. Also, uh, Pride Le- Legend Emily Sonnet. It's mm. also... Uh... Yep, definitely somebody you don't want to forget. Mm-hmm. Emily Sonnet, Pride Legend, who played a total of zero matches. Yep. Well. Anything else with the Pride? She did she did feature in a Pride match very recently. She did. For the spirit. When yep. she got subbed off. When she got subbed on in the second half. Yep, yep, yep. Alright, last thing about the Pride before we move on to college soccer. Uh they play Gotham this Sunday at five thirty at Red Bull Arena. Uh, Gotham may be without their head coach. Like the the amount of turnover in this league for head coaches has been insane. Like Portland's head coach uh-huh. Mark Parsons is leaving at the end of the year. Washington Spirits head coach gone. OL Reigns head coach gone. Gotham FC gone. Pride gone. Like it's it's insane. Yeah, but yeah, but it's not like the Gotham coach is leaving for another league. No, she's it's... just going to another team that doesn't exist yet. 
Right. Well, they the they, they the haven't been, right. They do exist. They do have a player. But it's um, just crazy because all of the coaches that are either leaving at the end of the year or who have left, all of those teams are above like in the playoffs right now. Like that's weird. Yeah, but that's that's what happens when you have a, a league that only has what uh 10 teams in it. Yeah. But it's just weird that the four teams that are the stable ones, well granted two of them are technically new. Uh, they've all had their head coach since the beginning of the season, and they're all lower. Mm. Just, a, something I mean, inter- just something very interesting. Also, um, right. one thing to note about the Pride, their current goal differential is zero. So uh, that's actually pretty good progress defensively for the Pride, um, considering they've scored as many goals as they've conceded. Because it used to be pretty bad. Was it? Yeah, uh, 2019, their goal differential was negative 29. Uh, 2018, their negative 7. 2017, they were actually pretty good because, you know, they were one of the best teams in the league. That was uh, plus 14. And then 2016, they were negative 10. So only one year have they been positive. Um, I don't know why. I was just thinking that earlier this year it was positive, and it was up until the end of June. Yeah, so they, had when... a, they had a plus five goal differential, and then um, they proceeded to lose uh, four or five matches, um, and that eliminated that. So yeah, not not great. Definitely not great. No. All right, moving on from the Orlando Pride to college soccer, UCF. They start their season tonight. And this is the men's side. They start their season against FIU. 69, and, um, dudes! FIU is uh, a decent team. It is a team that, funny enough, Scott Calabrese coached back in the day. So Scott Calabrese coached them back in 2016. He knows the program well, but it's it's a brand new coach, a brand new program, and... Um, I was looking through the names, uh, doing my research, and there is a kid whose last name is 22 syllables, and uh, boy, it, it's an it's a name, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna post the name in the chat, and I want you to attempt to try and pronounce that name. That's clearly Andoni Garagari Kai Chibaria. Close. I know. I'm pretty proud of myself. It took a lot of effort. Brad, take a take a crack at it. Garo Gary Kechibaria. It yeah. You guys are pretty close. It's Andoni Garo Gary Kechibaria. You just uh, put an accent on it, man. You got to remember we're white. Yeah, but those are actually <laughs> those are important though. I mean, you gotta you gotta know. I know. I'm just bad at that. So if I, and if I when I try it, it comes across as me trying to be an ass because I'm just I'm not good at it. Yeah. Anyways, twenty two syllable name. Uh, never fun for a broadcaster. But Andoni Garogerike Echebaria is a forward for FIU. Uh, one of one of many players from different parts of the country. You've got players from Mexico, from Denmark. Does he have, to have like a Denmark. size 8 font on the back of his shirt for his last <laughs> I, name to fit? You know, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what his shirt looks like. Even, uh, you know what? It might just be a number. I don't think his name will even be on it. Oh, that's lame. I mean, that's, a, that's an easy way out. <laughs> just put the number on. Don't even put the last name. How much do you think FIU is just like, ah, you know what? Let's just not put names on the backs of our jerseys this year. I mean, that's that's not uncommon for some smaller like schools to not have last names on them, so this way they don't have to right get new jerseys every year. But um, I I miss the days of like NFL teams having like the size twenty font on the back of their shirts, and so guys with last names it would like go down their shoulders. (laughs) That is that that would be fun. I do miss those. But now they're all, you know. Well, yeah, because now you have it. one. Well, yeah, you have one uniform supplier now, so it doesn't matter as much. Back in the day, when the NFL had like anyone that you would get, it's the wild, from. wild west, basically. I remember like Wilson made the Dolphins jerseys one year, and they were the absolute worst. <laughs> I mean, it's Wilson. Like they're yeah. basically just do like basketballs and tennis now. Yeah. I remember Puma had the Jaguars jerseys one year, and it was just exactly on point because you have you have a equipment supplier, Puma, doing a team called the Jaguars, and it's just yeah. perfect. Yeah, 
Chef's kiss. And now it's just all Nike. So it's all boring. And then MLS is Adidas. Ugh. Yeah, it's three stripes it on every jersey. Oh boy, yeah. how exciting! Anyways, back to UCF. Same kit template for every team in the league. Cool. So UCF plays FIU this Thursday, being today, and then on Sunday they play UNF in the University of North Florida. Those are their first two games. Uh, UCF preseason ranked uh, top fifteen. As of right now, I believe they are thirteenth in the nation heading into the season. So, yeah, but when they join the Big Ten, then it's going to change. I mean, they're already a good team. Probably top 10 by that point. Yeah, but then they can actually like compete for a national title. I mean, oh, they can. This is soccer. We're talking yeah. about soccer? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, no, they, they actually can. They've made it the Sweet 16 the last like three years in a row. This is a football joke, Austin. Yes, I know. Because we're I... a football show. <laughs> what kind of football? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. So, uh, as I was saying, uh, UCF men's soccer, all going to be broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. You can tune in and listen to me yell, I guess. I don't know, commentate, I guess is the right Yeah, term. that's typically what you do. Yeah. Listen to me commentate. You're not really a yeller. No. No, the one game I did call with Austin, he... he did yell actually? I can, I can. I've called on... a few games with Austin, but yeah, the the one, the one, the one of the ones that I did, he ended up yelling. Yeah, because it was exciting. I yell when it, right. it's, it, it's exciting. Right. UCF men, they play. UCF women, they already played. They took on University of Texas and beat them very handily, three nothing. Um, definitely. A an easy game for the Knights, and considering how UCF women's soccer went last year, uh, they started the season beating Miami two nothing and Texas four nothing. Uh-huh. So it was four nothing. Uh, and then they play down. they play Florida uh, UF in Gainesville. Becky Burley's old on team. Thursday, yeah, and uh, she's she's pretty familiar. With uh, with Tiffany Roberts Zahedek, uh, not only from her time at the U.S. Women's National Team, but also, you know, just college just and UCF college playing, yeah, college Florida. soccer and playing in Florida, playing against Florida for a number of years. Um, yeah. I think they usually try and play uh, Florida like every year, and it's usually always in Gainesville. Like I remember, they played um, they played in 2019 in Florida. Uh, they played 2018 here at UCF, 2017, I think they played, um, actually, I don't think they played in 2017. They did play in the, in the spring season, but that's about it. Anyways, they play UCF and, and Florida play a lot. So, uh, Becky Burley, very familiar with the program here at UCF. Uh, she even said that she tried to recruit some of the players at some point, uh, that ended up going to UCF. So, interesting kind of tie to the local college program. Um, outside of UCF, Rollins, they start their season in a couple weeks. Um, the men's team plays a few exhibitions and have lost. And um, the women's team starts September 3rd. And with that, that's all the soccer that we have for today. But, of course, we have to end the show with our weird news and red cards slash playing advantage kyle uh we have changed the red cards to playing advantage as well just in case you want to say something nice yeah as a active listener of the show when i'm not on i obviously knew that right right of course how how forgive me for insinuating that you didn't listen god no i'm offended so anyways uh weird news who's who's got some good weird news to end out the show i've got I've got a couple that I'm just going to rattle off the headlines and not give any context to. Fantastic. Just so I can get this because these are all great. Uh, Sri Lanka bans drunk driving of elephants. Apple executive says, we are the greatest platform for distributing child porn. This is great. Science, scientists believe that anal oxygen administration may save lives. And schools in Seoul, South Korea are removing regulations on the color of students' underwear. 
All right. No context um, needed for any of those. Those are all great. Nope. I'll give a few no context headlines as well. Uh, Venomous sea snakes are trying to have sex with scuba divers. What was the other one I said? Uh, Washington jail offering inmates ramen noodles as incentive for getting vaccine. A man seals private parts using adhesive instead of condom during intercourse and dies. And uh, yeah, that's it. Hmm. Well, Austin, because he was just reading headlines, took one of my stories I was going to read. Um, so I'll I mean, actually you, you, just can, read... you can give context no, 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 to no, it. No, 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 no. I will give context to a story that Austin didn't read. And right. it is uh, McDonald's runs out of milkshakes in England, Scotland, and Wales. Uh, if you thought the uh, ice cream machine did not work nearby your house, imagine basically an entire island not having a working ice cream machine. Yeah, but um, I also just, in general, wouldn't want to live in any of those places. So there's, but that is like Scotland's a. Scotland's pretty nice. Yeah, what's wrong with England? England, no. Scotland, yes. I'll give you. I'll give you Scotland. Scotland's pretty nice. I ask again. What's wrong with England? Would you like a written list or? <laughs> I mean, I can. I can say four words, and it will uh, tell you exactly what is wrong with it. I can say one. Go for Are you it. Ready for those? You ready for those four words? Yeah. There, uh, Austin. Mm-hmm. Smack barm. Pay wet. Good. I I can't top that. I'm I'm giving you that one. Oh, I hate it. The fucking Wigan shit. The the, the best thing about hey and, it, and, and yeah. So guess what? That's why. Fucking because all of their food, all their food is like someone forgot several ingredients and just said fuck it. We're gonna do it anyways. <laughs> that's the, like tra- that's like traditional English food. Most actual English food is actually not as bad anymore. Yeah, the best thing about England mm-hmm. is American, which is Ted Lasso. All right. Anyone else? Weird news? Fucking gonna... thing sucks! Uh, it's not because all the machines are broken uh, in the UK. Uh, the, it's just facing supply chain issues. Mm. Um, shakes and bottled drinks at uh, 1,250 stores in the UK. Um, so that's that's mainly it. Mm. Um Nando's oh. actually closed some locations after running out of chicken. <gasps> no. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a listen. I know we all loved uh, the big boat getting stuck in the uh, in the in the Suez Canal in the Suez Canal, uh, but uh, yeah, you're starting to see uh, if shortages in different uh, f- like restaurants and grocery stores and just stores in general. Yeah, that's what happens when a st- when nothing gets to move for like two weeks or something like that. Was that it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, if if you guys were ever at all curious about how tenuous uh, global logistics are, it's that. And oh hey, by the way, guess what? That boat's going back through the Suez Canal again. <laughs> oh God. So. Oh. It's just boy. that. It's just that. It's just that goofy meme of like, I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> all right uh last thing i want to mention for weird news uh and it's not weird news necessarily it's just news uh according to a study eating a hot dog can take 36 minutes off your life fuck you science didn't, fuck that, you. didn't that study say like a pb and j adds like a half hour to it too i don't know did it so my theory is if you just eat a hot dog and then eat a pb and j it should just cancel it out in that case, I retract my fuck you science, and I say thank you science for giving me a reason to eat more PB&J. So really, like, you could just live forever if all you do is eat hot dogs and peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. So those are, like, the two foods we give to, like, kids, like, all the time, right? Yeah, so it just so cancels if... out. So, yeah, but that could keep you in just, like, a like a like an adolescent state forever. Yeah, uh, they said that uh, salted peanuts, baked salmon, and rice with beans are equivalent to adding between 10 and 15 minutes back onto your life. Oh, okay. So, But what if you had a, a salmon hot dog? Then or you'd be PB&J adding. Yeah, you said you're, you're adding. You found the secret to eternal life. Oh. Thank you, science. <laughs> I've I've uh I've been going to Costco a lot recently, and the uh, the the crab cake stuffed salmon is a is a a recommended buy from me. 
so that's Spe- what I'm speaking play, speaking of that's what uh, I'm gonna play advantage to this week is Costco. Yeah. Speaking of Costco, they also sell those dollar fifty hot dogs, which are and, and kinda, a soda. And a soda. Yeah, but technically they're selling death. Is that uh, is that how we're who isn't, referring who to isn't it? in America? That's uh, true. Yeah, everyone is, in one way or another. How much time does mustard add on to your life? They don't think that's part of the study. Uh, we'll, we'll conduct our own study. Yes. So during <laughs> the clawcast, we'll just have a bunch of hot dogs and seltzers. <laughs> Agreed. I'll bring the mayo. It just sounds like a barbecue. <laughs> I'm all on Congratulations, board. guys. Bring bring the guilt. Someone bring the grill, and we'll just have a, a cookout. I none of this. This all sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> let me let me know when. Uh, well, why don't we end the show first? Uh, Kyle, you already <laughs> played advantage, or Brad, you played advantage to Costco. Kyle, yeah. are you uh, uh, giving a red fine. card or anything? Yeah, it's just a red card to the state of Florida. Yeah. Just, just yeah, that's fuck fair. you. Mm. You don't even have to. You don't even have to add context to it. Just, yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. No, just no context. There's always a reason to. Just, I hate it. Unless somebody from outside of Florida shits on it, and then I love it. But otherwise, I hate it. Uh, Fucking thing sucks! I'm going to give a red card to this new viral trend called the Milk Crate Challenge. No, that shit's funny. Don't knock on that. It's really Three people have died Oh, since uh, it has started. Um, How many people died from the Cinnamon Challenge? Probably I'd- more. Yeah, probably. Um, well, anyways, three people died uh, as it was actually one group of people uh, oh. in Louisiana. They all died trying it. So there must be more to the story than just doing the challenge. I saw, I saw, I saw a woman do it in heels, and I was like, okay, well, all right. And you stack it like 40 boxes high, you're going to die. Oh, and then there's the one oh, the guy okay. who like, realizes um, like halfway through that he's like that he made so, a mistake. Yeah, guys, the um, had to do more than just doing the challenge. There, the, yeah, the headline was very misleading. Uh, yeah. It turns out there was a drive-by shooting. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll do, do it. it. Yeah. So as they were doing the milk crate challenge, there was a drive-by shooting that left three people dead. Hmm. Yep. That'll. God. What? Yeah. Fucking headlines, man. They they really just throw you off. It's that fake news media. Well, anyways. I guess that's it. <laughs> Incredible ending to the show. Um I I guess that's it. Fake news. Hey guys, uh Psychonauts 2 came out and uh, I highly recommend that as well. Definitely. Just so we're 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 getting in a we're gonna leave on a positive note before I tell everyone who listened to the episode so far that they're dirty water trash. Yeah, Psychonauts 2, very good. Fair enough. All right, well, I guess that's going to do it for us here at the Orlando Soccer Show. Um, Pride play Sunday. City play Friday. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. You're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.